Hey everyone, and welcome to the All Elite Zone podcast on YouTube and Twitch and a bunch of other streaming devices. Uh, we're here for the AW Rampage live reaction, but before the Rampage live reaction, we have a special guest, uh, AEW referee Bryce Rimsberg is here. Uh, you guys have probably seen him referee a whole lot of matches on AEW, uh, and probably some of the most famous matches in AEW. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess we're gonna just going to go in order from me and Chris. Yeah. So, uh, my first question is, how did you get into becoming a wrestling referee? Well, I am uh, hopelessly unathletic. I'm uh, five five. I am. Uh, I played my mandated two league two innings of little league baseball. I was like, well, maybe wrestling's not for me. Uh, and I also am uh, was scared of getting hurt, to be honest. So I realized that if I, as if I became a referee, I could be in the ring. I could have great seats. I could, you know, I wouldn't have to pay to go see wrestling anymore, hypothetically. And a school opened when I was nineteen called the Chikar Wrestle Factory in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I went to college in Philadelphia at Temple University. And I went and trained, and I got a good vibe off the place. I signed up, and I trained for about four months. And then I refereed my first match in uh, September of 2002. And I did about 16 or 17 years on the indies. And then the AEW came along and fell from the sky. And I'm uh, very, very happy. I have the I quit my my day job, and I have the coolest job in the entire world. Uh, so I just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm right place, right time. Very lucky. Very happy to be here. I uh, used to... When the Young Bucks were on the Indies, they used to come uh, fly to Pennsylvania for uh, for Chikara. And I used to pick them up at the airport, take them to Wawa, check them to their hotels, show them around. And uh, I guess when, you know, AEW opened, they remembered me. And uh, they, you know, thought I wasn't a total zilch and uh, offered me a chance. And I did a double or nothing 19 in Las Vegas. And then uh, eventually got signed. And I just, uh, my... As of May 1st, my uh, contract rolls over to its fourth year, so I'm excited to be with AEW for many, 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 many years to come because I do not want to go back to uh, pharmaceutical advertising. I'll be honest with you guys. Oh, that's so cool. I'm a nurse. I know so many drug reps. <laughs> yeah, it uh, doesn't always feel great. Uh, not, the, not the best feeling job in the world. I was a, a proofreader for pharmaceutical advertising. I sat at a cubicle, and I, I liked people I worked with. It wasn't bad, but... I was uh, really excited to uh, peace out and say, I'm going to go join the circus. And they're like, what? And uh, my uh, my accountant and our financial advisor are very confused every time I tell them I'm a professional wrestling referee. That blows their mind. Uh, but I have the paperwork to prove it. It's legit. Where, where, where in the world are, are all you folks at? I'm from uh, Olive Branch, Mississippi. Probably oh, okay. 15 minutes from Memphis, Tennessee. Home of Marco Stunt. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 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 How do y'all know each other? Sorry. Oh, I'm up here in Connecticut. (laughs) Okay, great. Awesome. Awesome. Do you come to our Boston shows? I have not yet. Me and my husband have been working on uh, making it up there, but we have three kids at home. So how how old are your kids? If you you don't mind me asking, how old are your kids? Oh God. um, It's going to age me, but I have a 15 year old, an 11 year old and a six year old. Judgment-free zone. I have a six-year-old and a one-year-old. I just put them oh, both to bed. Oh, yeah, but I think mine is around right now. <laughs> my uh, my wife is out with her friends tonight. It's Friday, and I am being super dad, so I put them to bed. Now I'm talking about wrestling, and tomorrow morning we got a t-ball game. It's all happened. It's going to be great. Oh, softball. All day tomorrow. Yep. 
Oh, yeah, cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a doubleheader tomorrow. There's only three teams in his T-ball league. So every other Saturday, they take turns playing two games. So we got a 9 o'clock and a 1030. So yeah. can't stay up too late after Rampage night, you know? I know. 7 a.m. swimming, too. And, uh, well, I'm from the great state of Texas. Oh, what part? Uh, I'm living uh, in uh, central Texas, Waco, not too far okay. from uh, Dallas. Okay, yeah. I feel like I've been to Texas since AW started 20 times, probably. <laughs> probably not that many, but it feels like it. I am from uh, Oxford, Mississippi. Um, it's a small town, and it's also next to, uh, and it's also one hour away from where Connor is. Oh, awesome. How do you all know each other? Uh, well, Chris, I met him off of Facebook. Nice. I think. And then. I have my own YouTube channel, AEW Fan Guy, and that's how I met Mr. Jacobs. Oh, cool. And then mm-hmm. As the podcast progressed, that's how I got to know Carly. I got uh, recruited in. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice, nice. Welcome. Well, that's awesome. It's exciting that in some shape or form, AEW brought you all together. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. For sure. And thanks for the recommendation of Darby Allen, because I do have a Darby Allen haircut. Oh, nice. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. I find myself doing a lot, uh, refereeing a lot of Darby's matches. I think it might be because I am uh, the shortest referee of the bunch and uh, I uh, make him look tall perhaps, but I, uh, it's, it's uh, a never, a, never a dull moment in a, when you're refereeing a Darby on that. I don't doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> I the, older I the, the more I watch Darby, the more my stomach drops and I'm just like, Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, some of that stuff yeah. looks even grosser up close, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know how he walks away sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's my turn to ask a question, Connor. Awesome, right? let's do it. Yeah, we're going in order. Okay, um, well, Bryce Renberg, my question to you is, well, I remember watching Ruby Soho's uh, debut in AEW, and mm-hmm. when I saw you and her, well, I mean, are you? I'm not. I'm not trying to be personal, but are you guys friends or? We're very good friends. Now, I I think I I when she started training in maybe 2007 or eight, I might have refereed her third or fourth match. She was training at Indiana and came out to Pennsylvania, and I know her trainer, and she knows my trainer, and uh, we go way 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 back. And uh, she wrestled for Chikara, the promotion I worked for in the Indies for a long time, and then she got signed. I was so proud of her, and I was kind of like, well, I guess you know, good for my friend. I guess I'm not going to see her much anymore. And then I am kind of I helped put her in contact with Cody Rhodes uh, to help get her foot in the door. Not that anyone needed to like you know go to bat for because she's awesome everybody knew that and um when she won she uh, i mean i i was great to see her and she was nervous and we had to like sneak her in the building and everything which was very exciting and uh after she won and i got in the ring I, I, she didn't know it was going to be me i think and she was already emotional and she saw me and we just had this very uh, real moment uh, w- uh, between friends because i've known her for 12 or 13 years and i've always been a fan of hers and i'm so 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 proud of her and i always looked up to her and admired her and everything she does. And it was just a great moment. And it was, uh, it was in the rampage opening for a while, which is kind of cool. My son thought that was really neat. Yeah. 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 So, uh, no, it was just a, a lovely moment. And I will happily talk about Ruby Soho for the rest of my life. Cause I'm a, a big fan of hers. I think, I don't think we've quite, uh, even scratched the surface of what she has to offer. Now that's a destination yeah. unknown right there. There it is. I, yep. That's, that's true fact. <laughs> I did read in an article that um, 
you and Paul Turner are the also travel, uh, do the travel. That's true. That's true. I'm the, I'm the travel manager and Paul works in the travel department. Yeah, it's true. We, uh, wow. um, Is that like I've, I've learned a lot about uh, <laughs> now that you have like such an extensive roster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we have a, we have a third helper that is not a referee. She lives in Los Angeles. Her name is Emily. So once we, once they grew, I was like, we might need a, a little depth in department. Uh, we have some drivers that work under us and uh, we have a whole, I've learned a lot about private jets and car service and we book all the hotels for everyone. That's something that AEW offers that WWE does not. WWE guys book their own hotel rooms. We book the hotel for them. We, um, we book buses to get everyone from the hotel to the arena. Um, we reimburse all the Ubers and Lyfts and taxis from the airport to the hotel and everything. So it is um, not a, 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 a simple small job, but uh, it takes yeah. a village. We, we get it done together. And luckily, pretty much everybody's really, really super cool. And it's given me a, a unique uh, perspective to get to know Chris Jericho and Sting and CM Punk because I do all their travels. So, you know, to have, you know, you know, get to talk to them on the phone once in a while and check in with them. And, you know, it's a business conversation, but, you know, like it's, when my phone rings and it says Sting on it, it's still pretty, it's still pretty cool. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's like really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, everyone's really cool and understanding and, you know, when they have a problem, we try, we try to fix it and they're respectful of our time and cool with us. And it's uh it's, you know, there, there are definitely stressful moments. It's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, but uh, by and large, everyone's super cool. And it's a, uh, it's a very cool experience. I, I actually, I have two contracts. I have an office job contract and a referee contract. So wow. um, yeah, oh, cool. I'm, I'm very, 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 very lucky. Wow. I've learned how to, how to navigate private jets and why they take off and how they go and all this stuff. It's, uh, it's stuff I never thought would be in my life three years ago. I know all the hotel chains and all the airport codes in the United States. It's uh, this weird knowledge. I, wow. I gave up pharmaceutical advertising to tell you that, you know, Grand Rapids airport code is GRR. -GER. <laughs> and one, I think one thing that uh, a lot of us want to know is um, the atmosphere backstage, uh, the environment backstage. It, it seems like it would be a pretty, pretty uh, relaxed you know, backstage and it's not as, 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 you know, busy or hustling, you know, hustling bustle as uh, like the WWE would be. Um, well, can you tell us like the experience, your experiences backstage and, you know, sure, the, the environment sure. back there? Well, I, I personally have never worked for WWE, so I can't con compare to that, but uh, by and large, it's pretty chill. I think once it gets to be showtime and it gets close to eight o'clock on a Wednesday, things get a little, you know, people get in the zone mm -hmm. and they're warming up, getting ready for their matches and that people, all prepare and get intense in their own ways, but no one's a real jerk. Um, everybody pretty much keeps themselves. Some people are quiet and others, and that's okay. You know, um, I don't think Darby Allen's going to start reciting poetry or you know giving us a, a Shakespearean soliloquy anytime soon. And that's okay. He does his thing. He shows up to work. You know, he's he's where he needs to be. We're all in this together, and uh, it, it's truly unique. I think about you know. Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks and these people that are from completely different backgrounds and their, yeah. their, their through line, their connection is professional wrestling. Um, I wouldn't know that if it were professional wrestling, I would, I don't have much else in common with Eddie Kingston or Darby or jungle boy or CM Punk or whoever it is. Like the through line of all these people is professional wrestling. Uh, so there's a definite, respect and common understanding that we're all on the same team. We're all trying to create the same thing. We want AEW to be the coolest, most amazing thing in the world. So we can all have the job the rest of our lives and maybe get rich in the process, you know, not me, but everyone else. Uh, but 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it, it, and, 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 you know, like there's a different atmosphere for like a dark taping versus a pay-per-view uh, because there's, you know, there's more, there's more pressure on bigger things. And as a referee too, like, you know, doing the first match of the night, sometimes different than doing the main event of a pay-per-view or a world title match, there's different approaches to everything, but um Sorry, that's my dog. Uh, no one, no, no, no one's a real jerk. I would say everyone's pretty cool and respectful for one's time. In my experience, at least, you know, there, I'm sure there's things that mind closed doors that I'm not privy to, and and that's okay. I, I kind of like it that way, to be honest. I know, I know, oh, with awesome. the the ref, the ref, the referee gangs, super, super great with each other. That's those are the people that I have to deal with, you know, on a on that level most of all. Um, everyone's I've, you know, I, uh, we didn't, we had never, none of us had really ever worked together before AEW. So we all just kind of the first day were like, okay, I guess we're going to be friends. And you know, that was three years ago. We haven't looked back. Paul Turner lives 10 minutes from me. He's he lives right up the road here in Lancaster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, my next question is, what was it like refereeing the exploding barbed wire death match? <laughs> like, like you had the whole, the full yeah, thing on. Know, like how, uh, like 99, 99% of it was pretty crazy. The last 1% is what it was. Uh, <laughs> I think that it was, uh, um, I'm very like sort of proud of my refereeing resume. Like I've done this and I've done that. And I've, you know, done Iron Man matches and 12 man tag team matches and coffin matches and all these different things. But I'm, you know, the only referee in the United States of America to ever referee a barb exploding barbed wire death match on pay-per-view like ever. And I think that's really cool. And uh, yeah. it might not have been what everybody wanted it to be. And it might not have been, you know, the, but still it was a world title match. It was the main event of a pay-per-view and it was this unique thing. And, and I was trusted enough by Kenny and Mox and Tony Khan and Paul who makes the referee assignments to be the guy to do it. And uh, I'll have that forever. And, you know, I choose to remember the experience of it. And I, I remember the next day I went to Disney world by myself. <laughs> that was like, that's, I, that's just like this weird correlation of things in my brain. Uh, we had a day off in Jacksonville and I rented a car and drove to Orlando and Disney world just kind of spent some time by myself. And uh, yeah, I mean, one of my goals was to referee a world title match and I, you know, got through that. And then it was to, you know, referee the main event of a pay-per-view and I got to do that. And then I got to referee a world title match on pay-per-view. And then I got to referee a world title match on pay-per-view with a uh, barbed wire and exploding ring around it. Um, and I remember like it was being talked about. And it was like, Oh, it's this kind of this thing in the distance. But then they had to, the, the pyro guys had come like test the explosions one day in Jacksonville. And we all had to like get, be there and see what it was going to be like, like me and Mox and Kenny had to, like, you know, get a vibe for this. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh, wow, this is, this is legit. <clears throat> and there was, you know, it was an empty arena and they were just practicing. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is going to be pretty crazy. And then I was told what they wanted me to wear. And I'm like, you know, let's go. Let's let, if we're, if we're going to lean, if we're going to lean into this being unique, let's lean in all the way. So that's exactly what we did. And I, mm-hmm. my, uh, my suit had to get sprayed with this anti uh, flame stuff. I don't quite understand it, but this tech guy had to spray Kenny and Mox and I, all of our gear down, just in case something went a little bit too wrong, uh, we wouldn't completely go up in flames. And uh, luckily that didn't go wrong. So that we had that going for us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have you let your kids watch that? No, no, My son watches, he loves dark because the matches are really short and it's pretty low stakes. Uh, he does not like blood and he doesn't like Abaddon and he doesn't <laughs> like, he used to not like the Butch and the Blade, but he's come around to the Butch and the Blade. He doesn't care for blood. Uh, and he doesn't care for long matches. Uh, My so. six-year-old loves um, Malachi mm. Black. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's the inverse of my six-year-old. He's not a big man. He, my he, my six-year-old loves Ricky Starks, Jungle oh. Boy, yep. and the Young Jungle ones. Man he is what my six-year-old calls him. Jungle Man. Mm-hmm. Jungle, Jungle Man. Hey. That's a that's a that's a that's a promotion, I guess. You know, he's yep. he's leveled up. And Jungle Man and Luchasaurus and that guy. The guy. Christy Cage. Yeah. Okay, okay, Christy Cage. Yep, yep, yep. It's okay. fun because uh, I'm your kids may have the same experience. Uh, my six year old has no idea, like he doesn't realize that Jr. is this legend, or he has no idea that Sting is this Hall of Famer, or Chris Jericho. Nope. You know, they're just they're just AW guys, Tim. Like he cares yeah. about. He cares about you know the captain Sean Dean as much as he cares about Tony Schiavone or whatever. You know, exactly. It's, yeah. it's it's really fun to, to watch wrestling from a kid's eyes. He likes he he really likes Powerhouse Hobbs music too. He has pop 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 power. He loves to do that. Yeah, he has no frame of reference. Every time CM yeah. Punk comes out, he chants CM farts. He has no idea that he's a legend. It's right. just CM farts every time. Right. I was like, he, he took, I was explaining to him, he's like, oh, he took off for seven years and he came back. He's like, whatever. Like, I'm, I yeah. was even alive when he ate it. It doesn't matter to him. He's just CM parts to him because it mm-hmm. sounds cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he likes Adam Cole. Too. He likes Adam Cole's song, too. So that's a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, he, yeah, likes, yeah. He, like, he likes go. He likes doing boom. Yeah. yeah. We play this fun game where we, we try to take, like, the funniest name to say, like, uh, um, it's all about the boom. It'll just say, like, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a silly name. Yeah. Uh, Dick Trick. Dick Trickle is a NASCAR driver. Like Dick Trickle, baby. And he, like, he puts all his friends, he puts all his friends' names there. There's there's a kid in his kindergarten class named Harvey Lurch. He's like all about the booze. Like Harvey Lurch, baby. He thinks it's so fun. So we could do that for hours. So try it tonight with your kids or your friends or whatever. Just think of the yep. most silly. Think of your accountant's name or your teacher oh or God. someone. Or, yeah, just put the most silly name in this tough guy situation. It's really fun to do. Oh, that's funny. That's good. Yeah. It's all about the boom. Alex Marvez, baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, well, two things, though, and, I, and I've been trying to do this to an AEW official. So Uh-oh. first thing, okay. And in the center of the ring, wait, at five foot five, weighing in at 145 pounds, Me. he is an all-elite wrestling official referee, Rice. Rimsburg. Oh, wait till I tell Justin that you're coming for his job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do some ring announcing. I even introduced oh, Billy cool. Gunn, not once, but twice. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. What promotions do you work for? Uh, technically, I'm not in promotions right now. I just I just got into the ring, you know, as by surprise. Or oh. I auditioned on YouTube, then I got the cut. Oh, well, congratulations. It's really cool. Yeah. And, um, and here's, and second, my question to you is, and I'm glad you did not take you know who's offer? Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, that, th- there is enough money in the world to shut him up. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing though, and I really hate to say this, but what? But it, in alternative, what would might happen if you did take MJF's offer? Well, here's the thing: Do you trust MJF? No, no, neither do I. So just because he said he's going to do something. I had no, I, I didn't think for a second he'd actually do it. He says a lot of things, right? So he's saying he's gonna like give me all this money or whatever. It's like, come on, man. He the the, the second he the second like the you'd call his you'd call his bluff, he wouldn't give it to you. So also I think we all understand that MJF has, <clears throat> you know, maybe not been completely honest with with me or everyone in his past. And uh, if I had a chance to like, you know stick it to him maybe in a way while still following the rules and doing my job. I mean, technically he was out of the ring. Right. So <laughs> I have, I have, a, I have, a, I have no regrets. Let's put it that way. 
Well, the good. Well, that's a good thing though, because I don't like MJF. I wore this shirt tonight just for you, since you Holy don't support. like. Fully support. Fully support. How much? Where do I get one? Let's go. I, 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 let's, I'd love one of those. Uh, they're on pro wrestling tees on all elite uh, okay. shop, you know. But and uh, well, anyway, let's go to Carly B's question. Carly. Oh, what did I have? Um, oh, I was going to ask about the Dax and Cash match. That oh, you that was remember. really cool. Yeah, I was so looking forward to that. I thought it was a great match. And uh, I just wanted to see how, how you felt uh, refing that match. And just because they have such a unique style and they're, um, you know, so so close as a tag team. How was that? It was awesome. I, uh, you know, sometimes I see matches I want to ref and I don't say anything. And sometimes I see matches that are ref and I want to say something. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, they asked me if I wanted to ref their match. And I said, absolutely, I want to ref your match. I would love to ref your match. Um, I think that a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances in a match. There's someone outside the ring or this happens or that happens, or there's a lot of, there's a lot of things flowing into what makes a match, but a match like that, or the match that Punk and Dax had a few weeks ago in Austin, which I also was lucky enough to referee, the opening match of Dynamite, the crowd's always the hottest. Straight up wrestling. Like, I'm I'm about the same age as those guys. I'm a big fan of the same things they are. Bret Hart, Owen Hart, you know, the, the style, Mr. Perfect. There's so many callbacks in that match. Um, I was, you know, really looking forward to watching it from the monitor. But luckily enough, I got to watch from inside the ring. And I had, you know there were people paid a lot of money to sit in the front row and as everybody was watching on TV or was watching at the monitor, but I had a better seat than anyone else. And I had to like make sure I didn't become too much of a fan because it's just like, that's, that's, that to me is professional wrestling. That's, you know, rookie steamboat and Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and Brett Nolan and all these, you know, just straight up amazing pro wrestling matches, no chicanery, no funny business, no distractions, just a pro wrestling match. And uh, it was an honor and a pleasure. And I told them both that on Wednesday. And if it uh, ever happens again, I hope I'm there in, in the next time as well. It was it was awesome. Did you did you guys enjoy it? Yes. Oh my god! That yeah, I loved it. Crazy thing, they've never they've never ever wrestled each other. They've they have such chemistry both as a team and as opponents. It was great. Not a single punch. Not a single punch. Yeah. Right. Right. How about that? How about that? Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. I think they were. Um, um, I mean, when you when you think about it as a, a tag team wrestler, is is typically doing about half the work. You spent half the match on the apron, right. and the two of them, when they got to the back, were, I think, a little more tired than they're used to being because they were doing 100 percent of the work <laughs> against each other. Uh, so there was, you know, definitely they were they were feeling it. I think Thursday morning, but I think mm-hmm. if you asked either of them, they'd tell you it was worth it. They do it all again. Hmm. Thank you for Are asking there about any, that. that like, was as long as. Uh, as long as you've been refereeing, I mean, I'm I'm sure you have, I'm sure you have some funny stories of things that have happened inside the ring or out. Can you share any of those stories? Um, let me see if I can think of one off the top of my head. Uh, someone accidentally got counted out once on on the Indies. They weren't supposed to get counted out. They just weren't paying attention, and I was like eight, nine, and they were just not getting about the ring. I was like, well, I, I got to say 10, dude. Sorry, you got it out. And uh, I forget what happened after that. There might have been some <laughs> plan to restart the match or something. It got a little silly. Uh, but it was uh, um, that was not the plan. Let me try I'm thinking of some other things. There, there's sometimes some stress in making sure, you know, somehow, some way, the main event of Dynamite always ends before 10 o'clock. It's crazy how that just happens. Uh, but uh, it's come a little close a couple times and it gets a little stressful if you know you're the referee and you're looking at what time it is um but knock on wood 
uh, we, every match has ended on time. No one's missed the end of a wrestling match. So it does, it, it, it gets a, a, it's a little more stressful than I think a lot of people think. Um, refereeing on television with an earpiece and, you know, Tony Khan himself is talking to you and mm. you're trying to make sure everything's going right and make everyone happy and make sure also nobody gets hurt. And Sammy gave us a scare the other night and it was, uh, yeah. So th- there's a lot of moving pieces, but I, I think repetition's helping a lot. The more I do it, the better. That's one there aren't a lot of good things about a global pandemic, but mm. I think doing those matches with no fans, um, you know, those late night dark tapings in Jacksonville, that gave me a lot of confidence. A lot of that gave me a lot of reps and made me a lot feel a lot more confident as a, you know, I had been an independent referee for 17 years, but I became a, you know, TV referee out of nowhere. I had never done live network TV before. And boom, there I am. And, wow. uh, and doing those shows, those events in front of, nobody or a few people or whatever it was as you know taped dynamites and dark tapings and blah blah blah. just those reps gave me a lot of confidence and made me feel a lot more comfortable in my skin doing a pay-per-view beta match or a world title match or whatever these cool things i've gotten to do since then sometime some of them repeatedly uh so yeah i you know got to do was lucky enough to do a world title match uh, you know i uh, did mox and mjf and then um, eddie and moxley but then the last kind of piece of that was a was a full crowd. So at Revolution, I was very lucky enough. Two of my favorite wrestlers are Hangman and Adam Cole, and I got to do main event world title match, pay per view, full arena. It was like you know one of the coolest days of my life. It was awesome. So I'm very very oh, very very fortunate, and we are very very lucky to have a crew in which we all kind of take turns. I think you might, if you think back to the the Attitude Era or whatever, almost every world title match pay-per-view was refereed by Earl Hebner. And that's great. Earl Hebner's a great referee, but I think you would go back mm-hmm. and watch a month worth of Dynamite. You'd see me do a main event. You'd see Paul do a main event. You'd see Aubrey do a main event. You'd see Knox do a main event. You know, whatever it is, we all take turns. We have, we have a really good system going and we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses and we all kind of get that. Aubrey works with Jericho. Knox works with the Young Bucks. I do a lot of Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston matches, Darby matches. You know, what comes around goes around. There's no hard feelings. There's no there's always going to be a next week and a next week and a next week and a next week. And now there's rampage too. So it, it's, it's all good. I've, uh, I, I know that's not exciting to, I don't have a lot of dirt or, uh, you know, awful things to say, but, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I, I like everybody I work with for the most part. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm very, very fortunate. Like I'm actually, a referee. I, love I love hearing these great things. <laughs> it's all, it's all positive. That's not, doesn't make good headlines uh, for dirt sheets, but I'm sorry. No, no dirt. This is great. Oh, great. That makes me happy, Carly. What were you going to say, uh, Connor? I'm sorry. Uh, like I'm actually a professional wrestling, uh, a, re- a referee as well. Oh, cool. Uh, I haven't refereed in about probably the beginning of the pandemic had a lot of shows scheduled and all that of course, all they got canceled, but uh, yeah, uh, and like the same thing you were saying about like, like they're outside the ring and you're counting one, two, and then like, like they would always say, like, to like make sure you're loud enough for they can hear you. Oh, yeah, and then like you're still loud, and then they don't, they still don't get back in the ring, so it makes you look like a fool. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, what, what? There's nothing else you can do. I, it's it's yeah. uh, um, but yeah. What where, who? What promotions do you referee for? Um, I haven't refereed in a long time, but I used to referee for the um, mainly in the in the Memphis, Tennessee area. Cool. I refereed for uh, you probably don't know the names of them, but RSWF. Okay. Um, I refereed for uh, almost Memphis, Memphis 
Championship Wrestling from Memphis. I don't know if you've ever heard of Yeah, that. yeah, that's really cool. I think uh, Peter Avalon does those shows, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, my next question is, are you in the AEW console game? I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know for sure, so I'm not going to say anything. How about that? There is a there's a there's a possibility of it. How about that? Because like in the in the in the WWE games, like they just have like a random like he's not even a referee in the actual like you know matches on TV. So right. I, so like I hope that AEW has like a like where you can I, select your own referee. No, I think I think that there's so much detail uh, attention to detail being given to this game that if it's not me, it'll be Aubrey or Paul or Knox or something. I think that it won't just yeah. be a rando person. It'll probably be Aubrey, if we're being honest. You know, that's what I would do because uh, she's awesome. But uh, I, I there, there was a there there was a at one point there was a version of it. There was a we'll, we'll, let's see what we'll, I'll wait and see what happens. I don't want I don't want to say anything either way. I, I it, w- it would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'm getting a trading card. Yeah. I do know that. I I, so, oh, awesome. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had to sign a bunch of uh, things that are going to go on trading cards. I'm not sure when it comes out, but I I, I was told I'm going to get a trading cards. That's very exciting. That's that'll, very make my, exciting. that'll make my son very happy. Yeah. All right. Even sometimes there's like pictures on the back of the figures and it'll be like, you know, a, a clip from a match and like they'll be like me off to the side and my son thinks that's really cool too on, on the back of ricky stark's figure there's like a picture of me off to the side which is kind of neat i'll turn it around at target and show everybody to stand by and see what he notices <laughs> yeah but very very big I like, <laughs> with the trading cards we did a whole oh, okay. card and figure okay. show so i'm very excited yeah. to hear you're getting a card <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. excited too I, I i i look forward to seeing it I, I had to, I saw the picture they're going to use. So I think it actually is going to happen. So we'll see. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, here's, here's my question that, that technically personally, I want to know. Okay. Well, first things first though, are you and well, your boss, Tony Khan, uh, what's the word? Um, close, you know, work well. Uh, yeah, I a lot of it is travel related because I do his travel as well. Uh, but yeah, no, especially during the um, the the Jacksonville days, the early pandemic days, we would sit out on the fourth floor of the hotel and we'd all just kind of hang out. And we're the same age; uh, we're both thirty nine. So I think we talk about uh, uh, we have the same kind of sweet spots of wrestling. Uh, we are the same. We have he's a comedy fan. He loves the Larry Sanders show. So do I. He like knows a lot of SNL sketches. I know his era of wrestling, like ECW, and you know the he's very passionate about a lot of the same things I'm passionate about. And you can have a really, you know, a conversation with him. Uh, so yeah, I have never had, a, you know, he continues to trust me in big situations on, you know, um, as far as a referee. So that's, you know, I might, he renewed my contract. So, you know, I'm not totally screwing up. I feel like, um, but yeah, no, I think we have a good relationship. I don't, he's a very, 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 very busy man. And I, it's yeah. hard to even get a second of his eye line, but, I mean, he's literally the one talking to me in my ear and I talk, I can talk back to him. So one way or another, we have conversations. Sometimes he's like cracking jokes. He's in a good mood in my ear while we're on TV and I'm cracking jokes back to him. And uh, it's, it's uh, he, he does not feel like this, you know, entity that sits in an office that you never see or talk to or hear from. Like he's uh, very much like an easy to approach around dude. And I think because I have, I'm the travel guy because I've kind of been there since the first double or nothing, you know, I do feel like I have a good relationship with him. Um, right. 
And but te- text me when my son was born. He texts me on my birthday, stuff like that. Like that's pretty cool, you know. Like to have your yeah. boss, who also happens to be a billionaire, you know, say congratulations yeah. on this and that. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, but here's another thing, though. And here's my recommend. Here's go ahead. I'm listening. Sorry. My recommendation to you and to your boss, Tony Khan, is though, well, I really want to see an all elite wrestling event here in the state of Mississippi. We haven't had one since South Haven back mm-hmm. in 2020 before the pandemic started. Yep. So my suggestion, well, for to you, to, to Mr. Khan is ask him to see if AEW is going to come back in the state of Mississippi because I'm dying here. I love that I, I went to uh, I went to Graceland that morning of that event in South Haven. And the night before, speaking of Tony Khan, uh, I was at a Jerry Lawler's restaurant on Beale Street uh, eating ribs in the basement. And we were talking about Andy Kaufman. It was the coolest thing in the world. That was uh, so a few of us were there. Tony was there uh, just hanging out in the basement talking about wrestling with Jerry the King Lawler. So I'd love to go back to Mississippi. Right. Um, I'm actually trying to referee in all 50 states, and I got Mississippi that day. So, yeah, I'd love to go back to Mississippi or the, the greater Memphis area or Arkansas or anywhere down there. I'd, I've, I'd love to go back. So I will yeah, because, because I will put that word in with our live events guy. All right. And also uh, tell him tell him another thing, though, real quick, and I'll get on and I'll get on to another question. Well, if you want to throw Mohegan Sun in there, that'd be fun, too. Okay. I'm listening. Mohegan Sun. All right. Mohegan all right, Sun right. is built for AEW. Okay. And okay. that is um, – that's kind of like between Hartford and, and, and Boston, right? Yeah, Hartford, Boston, Providence. It's like right in between. Really nice casino. It's got a nice arena. I'm just saying. Well, I think I did an indie show there once. Did that I think I did a Beyond show in a ballroom there. Yeah, the ballroom's smaller. Yep, they do little conventions okay. there. So, so um, I mean, thanks for cities. So tell him, tell the live band guy or Tony Khan this. The Bancorp South Arena, Tupelo, Mississippi, which is only one hour away from my home. It's a great arena. They did host a little bit of wrestling events back in the day and one one taping event before. And it would be great having AEW here in Tupelo. We could have a concession stand brawl. Hold on a second. I'm going to call my dog. She's crying about something. Hold on. Annie. Annie, okay? Annie? I'll be right back. Hold on. Sorry. I think I screwed up. No, I didn't screw up. In that case, I'll just sit here and be quiet. I think I'm out of questions. Doggy safety first. Sorry, y'all. She was, oh she was stuck. She was stuck between the doors, and she was crying. And I didn't know oh she. My, I didn't, my son accidentally trapped her in a room. <laughs> oh, nice dog. Yeah, indeed it is. Oh my god. Hey, honey. <laughs> Hi, Annie. Hi, That's the city. She's she's eleven. She's getting up there in years. She doesn't have the spunk she used to, especially since the kids came around. But she's she, she's still cooking. Yeah. Her oh heart's God. pounding. She, I feel I feel awful. I, didn't, I had no idea she was stuck in that room. Annie. Yeah, Miss Annie. Hi, Sam. Hi, hi, hi. You can't afford her, unfortunately. Her fee's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry I disrupted your question. I, I would love to go to Tupelo. I, apologies for the interruption. You said something about a concession stand problem. Isn't that a, isn't that a, isn't that a famous uh, concession stand brawl was in Tupelo, Mississippi? 
Oh, like, oh, like yeah. In the early yeah, 80s? Yeah. 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 Okay. But tell, were, you know, tell my recommendation for the live event guy or Mr. Tony Khan, which I, I shall do that. I shall do that. I think uh, last time y'all came to South Haven, like in the like the greater Memphis area in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, January 2020. Yeah. So I think we're overdue. Hmm. Two years. Two years. Let's do it. All right, I guess I guess that's about it, Carly. Oh, um, I don't, um, what you got, Mister Jacobs? You got any more questions? It's all good. It's almost time for rampage. Oh, yes, anyway, actually, friends, uh, go ahead, sure. So, <laughs> so, um, when when would you say you you were bitten by the wrestling bug, as they call it? Uh, I was. I as I far as like becoming seven, a fan. I was seven or eight years old, and I remember very clearly the Macho Man Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior were larger than life. You know, these giant muscular men wearing neon running, and just like that, just like I just it struck me, it stuck out to me that these guys were just like, like I couldn't believe this was a thing, and I was hooked. And then I got a little older, I became, you know, like a, a Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels guy, but Macho Man's always been my guy. I still think Macho Man's the greatest of all time. I love over-the-top, ridiculous colors and silly and just, you know, being the most ridiculous version of yourself. Like, I have – I think that's the coolest thing in the world. So, uh, yeah, I'd say I was probably yeah. – I was seven or eight. The, I, the first live event I ever went to was uh, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I was eight. The main event was Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. So it's all kind of been downhill from there, wow. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go to the live comments. Uh, oh, great. Uh, Jackie Rogers. Hey, Bryce. Jackie, thanks for listening, watching. Uh, Jungle Boy will be Jungle Jungle Man. Man. one of these days. One of these days. I think when, when he turns Bryce. 25, he can rent a car. Bryce in the Bullet Club. I don't know about that. I don't think I can <laughs> uh, all about that, Bryce. Boom. Uh, great to see Bryce here. It's great to be. It's great to see Checkpoint Rage here. Uh, can't wait for the console game. Me neither. It's gonna be great. Uh, does Tony ever talk about the same hotel over and over? The same hotel? I don't I think, think he's meeting with the young. I've seen something about that where the young bucks were talking about. He always talks about the same hotel or something. Oh. I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Or... I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that one. Yes, um, Mississippi. Let's do it, Darla. Uh, no, I get safety first. Right, that's right. She uh, was really, she was really upset. You? Oh, really? Uh, you at the concessions in Brawling? That's awesome. Um. Would he do the Invisible Man match at AEW? I don't think I'll ever do the Invisible Man match again. I think that was a that was a special moment in time. I don't think it, I could ever recreate it any better or different. I I've told my wife make sure they show that at my funeral. That's good. I'm I'm afraid that between uh, not her and my kids, but that's going to be my wrestling legacy is that Invisible Man match. And I, uh, but I don't think it'll happen at AEW. No, the ratings would plummet and everyone would change the channel and be mad, and it would be my fault. So I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's everyone's questions. Uh, like, it's very great to have you on, uh, Bryce. Thank you so much for uh, having me. What, who you got in Rampage tonight, Darby or Swerve? I got Swerved, but okay. I well, going to if you'd like me to spoil it for you, I no, was no, there. No, no, no. <laughs> I, you're not. You're not. I'm not allowed to bet anyway. It's, it's not funny because <laughs> official. I have to. I have to remain impartial. I like like a lot of people like to post spoilers <laughs> of Rampage, but I prefer to as possible not to see any spoilers. I've avoided them all this week. Congratulations. You only have to do 20 more minutes or 17 more minutes, so you're in. Really? Let me... 
He's right. Yes, <laughs> the Bryce is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks well, me... so, so much for coming on. This has been <laughs> great. Thanks for having me. What a delight. Thanks for the support. Thanks for spreading the good word. Yeah, we appreciate it. No, this is uh, just people that you just enjoy what we do, and that's really refreshing. You know, it's um, tough to have, you know, we have all these like micro conversations after the shows or in hotels or at airports, but to like actually sit down and talk to people that are fans of ours and appreciate me and us is a, a, a really great feeling and a really great way to segue into Rampage. So thanks for everything, and, and don't be strangers. Hopefully, I'll see you in Connecticut or Mississippi one day soon. If you want, if you got, if you, if you and the wrestlers would like, I'm also in the. I'm also at the Hilton Properties, which means you guys can stay in a hotel, though, if you guys come to Tupelo. That is a uh, that is a interesting proposition for the travel manager. That is a good thing to know. Yeah, yeah, and also um, one last question, though, and sure. I'll we'll, we'll leave you go. Um, I remember, you, I don't know, was it you or Paul Turner, but Nyla Rose powerbomb one of you to a table. That was Knox, that. actually. That was Rick Knox. I remember that. Oh yeah, I know. I I I I it that night. <laughs> I hope that Samoa Joe does not send you over the tonight. I uh, I hope yeah. so too. <laughs> Even though uh, it already but, happened, but yes, <laughs> right. I hope I hope it doesn't didn't won't not, might have not happen. Already yeah, happened. correct. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> the time the time space continuum is is in, is in sorts. We got this. Uh, but it's it's the last match of the night, so we got we, we who knows what might happen. No spoilers right now. No spoilers. No, no spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like it. Like it's very great to have you on, Bryce, and maybe one day down the road we'll have you on again. I would um, love that. Thank you so much for your time. M- much you. appreciate. Have a great night. Enjoy Rampage. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you. Good night.